Welcome to Rethink, the podcast that empowers you to challenge your existing beliefs and embrace new, more productive ways of thinking. Here at Rethink, we believe that the key to self-fulfillment lies in shattering old thought patterns and adopting new mindsets that support personal growth and empowerment. With expert guests and thought leaders from a wide range of fields, we explore strategies and insights that can help you achieve success and fulfillment in all areas of your life. From relationships to career, business ownership, and health, you are the source of your own success. We're just here to help you tap into your true potential and create a brighter future. So join us on the journey of personal growth and empowerment, and let's rethink what's possible for our lives. What is the metaverse? Today's quick hit. Welcome to Things You Should Know Podcast. My name is Kelly. That's a good question. What is the metaverse? Well, the metaverse is currently, currently a major buzzword in worlds like, you know, uh, business and finance and tech. Like all other buzzwords, its definition is fuzzy contested perhaps and even shaped by the ambitions and agendas of those who are currently using it. One thing we know for sure the term was coined by Neil Stevenson in his 1992 novel Snow Crash and it was coined to describe a virtual world in wide use in his imagined future. It was a 21st century uh, utopia if you will. In Snow Crash, the metaverse is a virtual reality world depicted as a planet encircling market where virtual real estate can be bought and sold and where VR goggles, you know, were worn by everyone. 3D avatars would represent uh, folks and there was a different sort of freedom, if you will. So there are three different elements to the metaverse. One is a VR interface virtual reality interface two a digital ownership and three an avatar Uh, these still feature prominently in current conceptions of the metaverse so what we're going to jump in to quickly today is we're going to talk about what the metaverse is i've heard so much lately and lately means in the last six months about the metaverse and you guys have seen zuckerberg on different talks, well, I don't want to say talk shows, but in the news. How about that? In the news, discussing the metaverse to the point where a lot of us are just now hearing this term and perhaps we think it is something new. Now, to a certain extent, talking about the metaverse means it's a bit like having a discussion about the Internet, you know, back in the 70s, you know, before we knew that the Internet was the Internet. I was born in the 70s and I came up in a less than digital age in high school and in college it became more digital we had floppy disks a lot of people don't even know what a floppy disk is and once i got into professional life we began to see our first macintosh our first apple so the building blocks of a new form of communication were in the process of being built but no one could really know what that reality would look like so folks didn't really know what the internet was Prior to commoners, us, 
common folks using the internet. There were doctors in different organizations that were using the internet to share data all across the globe already. This, this wasn't a new term, but it was new to the general public. And so the same way with uh, metaverse, it is a new term uh, to, to us, those who are not uh, in this particular space. So um, what does this all mean and where are we actually going? Help us get a sense of how vague and complex the term is at the same time. The metaverse, here's an exercise to try. So first do this, mentally replace the phrase the metaverse in a sentence with cyberspace. 90% of the time, the meaning won't substantially change. That's because the term doesn't really refer to anything. It doesn't really refer to any one specific type of technology, but rather a broad shift in how we interact with the technology. Okay, you heard me talk about those three different elements of the metaverse. And it's entirely possible that the term itself will eventually become just an antiquated, uh, even as the specific technology it once described becomes commonplace. Just like now, the Internet is very commonplace uh, jargon. Well, is the metaverse new? Well, no. In, 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 in a brief sentence, no, it's not. Uh, we've already established that the term has been around for uh, a number of years. In this case, it uh, has been around for 30 years because the book uh, that was written, The Snow uh, Crash in 1992, talked about the metaverse. So this term has been around for a long time. So why is it coming back up now? It's formed a part of corporate visions of the future for quite some time. During the first VR boom of the 90s, UK grocery chain Sansbury's put together a virtual shopping demo. A virtual shopping demo that's eerily similar to a video that Walmart made in 2017. Beyond marketing puff pieces and proof of concept demos, metaverse-like virtual worlds have actually existed for almost as long as their fictional counterparts. I don't know how um, many different virtual reality apps there are, uh, but I'll give you an example of one that I have used and use on, I don't say a regular basis, but whenever I want furniture or paint or to paint a room, there are virtual technologies that I can utilize in order to see what that object looks like inside of my home. And so when I think about the metaverse, I sort of reverse that technology and think about an online platform such as Facebook or Instagram or maybe even Twitter where we can enter into these platforms and we are represented by um, our avatar. Maybe Zoom would be a better way of saying that if we went in on a platform like Zoom and we were represented by our avatar. And there were a number of things that we could do. We could go to a club. Uh, we could sit in a classroom and be taught. Uh, we could play games. We could go on a virtual date. This is where some of these things are coming from. Right now, much of the metaverse, as it is, uh, people think of are video games. There are a number of companies building uh, video, video game technologies for the metaverse. And so a lot of people think, well, it's just a video game technology. Well, um, let's go a little deeper. Broadly speaking, the technologies that make up the metaverse can include virtual reality, 
characterized by persistent virtual worlds that continue to exist even when you're not playing, as well as augmented realities that combines aspect of the digital and the physical worlds, just like I described to you when painting my room or trying to see what this new sofa would look like in my den. It doesn't require that those spaces be exclusively accessed by VR or AR. A virtual world, like aspects of Fortnite, for example, which is a video game, can be accessed through PCs, game consoles, and even your phone. This could be considered the metaverse. It also translates to a digital economy where users can create. So here's the meat of this. This is why a lot of people are talking about it, because just like uh, NFTs, which we talked about a few weeks ago and cryptocurrency and digital currency and things like that. The key is to see when we begin to talk about monetization in these different ideologies and these different ideas, and these different platforms and technology. So now we're into the meat of it. A metaverse can translate into a digital economy if people are going in for example, on these platforms and they are purchasing things like games, video games or even, you know, I don't know, some sort of activity that you can do online that becomes popular. Well, then you are now monetizing this virtual world. Or what if you could go in and go on a virtual shopping expedition or spree? You could purchase things. You know, a virtual mall would be awesome for folks that don't necessarily want to lose, uh, leave their homes or feel comfortable leaving their homes or can even physically leave their homes. They can go on a virtual shopping experience, purchase clothes just like anyone else could in the physical world and have them delivered to their homes. What's the value of something like that? That would be considered part of the metaverse. In more realistic and idealistic visions of the metaverse, it is... Um, Interoperable, allowing you to take virtual items like clothes or cars from one platform to another. In the real world, you can buy a shirt from the mall and then wear it, obviously, wherever you want, like the movie theater. Right now, most platforms have virtual identities. They have avatars. They have an avatar is a representation of who you are. So it's not really your face, but you rep you represent yourself by some other character. So maybe to protect your identity or maybe because this has been part of your fantasy. It's your choice. It's your choice. And uh, inventories that are tied up on one platform. But a metaverse might allow you to create a persona A lot of folks like to do that online to create a persona that you can take everywhere as easily as you can copy your profile picture from one social network to the other. You can create a persona for yourself online. Now, it is difficult to parse what all this means, because when you hear descriptions like those that we just talked about, an understandable response might be, well, wait, doesn't that already exist? Things like World of Warcraft, for example is a persistent virtual world where players can buy and sell goods. Fortnite also has virtual experiences like concerts and an exhibit where Rick Sanchez can learn about MLK Jr. You can strap on a Oculus headset. That's a VR headset. Very expensive one, by the way. And be in your own personal virtual home. It's pretty awesome. Is that really what the metaverse means? Or is it just some new kind of video game? Or is it just some kind of new video game? 
Well, why does the metaverse involve holograms? There are holograms in the metaverse. Well, when the internet first arrived, it started with a series of technological innovations, like the ability to let your computers talk to each other. We talked about that before in the medical community. Internet first started, it was sharing information, actual information across the globe, particularly in the health care field, among others, among other scientific fields. So uh, when the Internet first arrived, it started with a series of technological innovations like the ability to let computers talk to one another over great distances or the ability to hyperlink one web page to another. These technical features were the building blocks that were then used to make the abstract structures we know now as, yes, the Internet, such things as websites, social media platforms and networks, apps and everything else that relies on these as core elements. And that's to say nothing of the convergence of the interface innovations that aren't strictly part of the internet, but are still necessary to make it work, such as displays, keyboards, your laptop, mice, touchpads, touchscreens, etc. Now, with the metaverse, there are some new building blocks in place, like the ability to host hundreds of people in a single instance on one server. Ideally, future versions of a metaverse would be able to handle thousands or even millions of people at once or motion tracking tools that can distinguish where a person is looking or where their hands are. These new technologies can be very exciting and feel very futuristic. So on one level, all this is fine as Microsoft, Meta and Every other company shows up with demos, wild demos, like, you know, trying to give an artistic impression of what the future could be, not necessarily an account for every technical question, but in a time honored tradition going back to um, other demos, like the one with AT&T of a voice control foldable phone that could magically erase people from images and generate a 3D model, all of which might have seemed significant. And similarly impossible at the time. Now we're talking about the metaverse. So what does the metaverse look like right now? What does it look like right now? The paradox of defining the metaverse is that in order for it to be the future, you have to define away the present. Now, we already have MMOs that are essentially virtual, entire virtual worlds. Digital concerts, for example, video calls with people from all across the globe. We all of us have done Zoom to death probably uh, during the height of the pandemic. Uh, we have online avatars. We have virtual backgrounds, you know, not to show our homes and our offices, wherever we were calling from. In order to sell these things in a new vision of the world, there has to be some element of that of it that's new. So spend enough time having discussions about the metaverse and inevitably someone will reference fictional stories like Snow Crash. This, again, is a 1992 novel that coined the term metaverse or Ready Player One, which depict a virtual world where everyone works, plays and shops. That's probably a really good starting point if you want to get a feel for what a VR world looks like if you've never experienced it. I actually saw that movie Ready Player One depicts a VR world where everyone works, plays, and shops. It's combined with the general pop culture idea of holograms and heads-up displays, basically anything Iron Man has used in his past 10 movies. 
All these stories are, they serve as an imaginative reference point for what the metaverse, a real metaverse that tech companies could actually sell us and sell as something new could really look like. So in essence, I wanted to bring this information to you today because it's important for us, as we always say, to be empowered. And to be empowered, we need to know what's going on now. And a lot of times you need to know not only what's going on now in the present moment, but what could be coming up that could affect you. And just like uh, I recall hearing the first time about the Internet, I was a kid, I was in my uh, teens I was in college and heading out into the professional world in my early 20s. People were talking about this Internet. Well, what would have happened had I the mm, discernment, the knowledge, the resources to invest in the Internet for whatever that means in terms of stocks, in terms of, you know, things like that? What would my life look like today? How can you take part in the, in this metaverse movement? It's no different than cryptos or NFTs. We bring you this information because these terms are not going to go away. I'm going to tell you this story. It is hilarious on one hand uh, and, and, and very apropos on the other. I was at a meeting some years ago at Georgia Tech for a government um, contracting seminar, something of that nature. And I remember around the table, there were other leaders there and we were discussing what the space was going to look like in the next 10, 15 years. This had to be 10, 15 years ago. I was in my, in my thirties. And I remember having this conversation about this new thing called YouTube. And people were trying to, 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 to figure out what is it and how can we use it to our benefit? How can we now begin to use YouTube, which was completely a new technology? No one knew what it was going to look like. No one knew how to use it in terms of marketing, etc. But there were folks sitting around the table. And I was one of those folks trying to figure out how can my industry, how can my space use this? Not MySpace, MySpace, but how can my space of business use this new technology and profit from it? So I bring to you the metaverse, because just like with the Internet and just like with YouTube, which I thought was the silliest idea, who would want to sit and watch people make videos of themselves? Well, it turns out millions of people would want to do that. And my primary uh, app in terms of what I use to stream content is guess what? It's YouTube. So when you hear metaverse, when you hear NFTs, when you hear crypto, those words are not going to go away. It's your job now. I'm going to continue to bring you information to kind of spark your imagination on these quick hits. But it's your job now to investigate how can these new technologies be leveraged to benefit you in the future? Is there an investment I can make? Is there some sort of skill set I need to update? Is there something that I can do to position myself to take advantage of these new technologies as they are coming in on the front end? 
millions of folks are investing in Bitcoin after the after the huge hit. But what if you had uh, um, invested in Bitcoin when it first came out and you would be one of these Bitcoin millionaires? I know one. So this is a quick hit for you today. Just a little to wet your whistle on the metaverse. We're going to be back very soon with some more great content here at Things You Should Know. Guys, thanks as always for checking us out. You got some homework to do. Go study, show yourself approved. I'm going to post about two articles on our Facebook page uh, talking about the metaverse so you can read a little bit more at your leisure. We'll be back tomorrow with some more great content. Thanks, guys. This is Kelly. Things You Should Know. Have a good one. That's all for today's episode of Rethink. We hope that you've enjoyed this exploration of new ideas and perspectives and found valuable insights and strategies that you can apply to your life. Remember, you are the source of your own success and fulfillment. And by embracing new ways of thinking, you can unlock your true potential and yes, create the life that you truly desire. Now, if you've enjoyed this episode, we encourage you to support the podcast by sharing it with your friends, your family members, your loved ones and associates and even your followers on social media. Also, leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Lastly, don't forget to check out our show notes for free downloads and empowering eBooks that can help you on your journey of personal growth and empowerment. Thanks guys for tuning in. We look forward to exploring more ideas and insights with you in the next episode of Rethink.